0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. <laughs> I am doing good today. What's up in the automotive world for you? Well, you
0: know, I just got through working on an engine and got it taken care of and had to do eternal internal things to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the timing, so we just got to working on that. Mm-hmm. Um Dodge puts these, uh, On the, I was working on a charger as well. They have these caliper, brake calipers, and to make them look pretty, instead of having them on painted calibers, yeah. they put these little covers on them. Yeah. Well, when they rotated the tires, they bent the cover, and so the guy had to bring it back over to me. We had to take the wheel off and redo the cover because right. his wife didn't like the sound. Right. So. so
1: not only do you do engine work, you do wheel work too. Whatever it takes. <laughs>
0: Whatever it <laughs> takes.
1: Does it feel like a job for you sometimes, or does it feel like, fun for you it just seems like you would always just love it i
0: I just love it i jump in there i'm pretty picky what i want to work on and who i want to work for and i just it's sort of i like seeing things that are broken and that i'm able to fix them
1: yeah yeah. And so yeah, that's,
0: yeah. so it's a challenge in that part, but it's good because it puts my mind on other things.
1: Yeah. And how is the reception? So when you hand the person back their vehicle that's now fixed, are they like super excited or? They're thankful? all excited. Yeah. They're
0: thankful. They're glad they got their vehicle back and it didn't cost them nowhere as much.
1: Right, right, right. Well, we're going to figure out how we can fix some more vehicles today with everybody. Today, we're answering your emails and talk to us voice messages to help steer you in the right direction direction. So today, there will be no phone calls, but our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Now, you can also use the Talk to Us feature on the MPB Public Media app to ask Coach a direct question. You can download the app from your app store, open it, and then click on the menu to the left to find the Talk to Us tab. Then you'll scroll to find AutoCorrect. You'll click that mic, and you can leave your message, and it's as simple as that. So, Coach, we've got a direct line just to you, voice-wise. Well, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go ahead. I want to go ahead and jump into the first um, Talk to Us voicemail that we have. This is a 2008 Jeep Wrangler question from Miss Betty Hollingsworth. Abram, hit that for me. Yes, I have a 2008 Jeep Wrangler and my problem is when I put the key in the the switch, it takes about nine to ten Turnover before it starts What is my problem? A 2008 Jeep Wrangler Thank you Mm.
0: Well, you know, uh It's not just a Jeep. It's any vehicle like that. If you're having to put the key in there, you have to keep turning the key before it will start. A lot of times, it's the ignition switch itself. It's called the tumbler. The ignition switch is two parts. It has a tumbler and then an electrical part. And what happens if the ignition switch itself is going bad, that means that it can't make connection when the key is turned. Mm -hmm. So that would be one of the first things that I would check and make sure that the ignition switch, the electrical part, is okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay, and that could be the portion of her problem. Yes. Okay. It, would there be any other option other than that for her?
0: Well, it can't be a fuse because you got power because it eventually cranks. The only other thing that you may want to check before you do the ignition switch is check the relay, the starter relay, because that's the easiest. Okay. And just go to the fuse panel, and I, I may check it. A relays a little bit different than other people do. Sometimes I use a multimeter, but most of the time, most of the time I just take one relay exactly like it out of the box. And put it back into the other one. Okay. And then if it works, then we
1: know it's the relay. Okay. Okay. So there's two options. Maybe she could go that way. Miss Betty, I thank you so much for your talk to us voicemail. And I hope that helps. If you need to hit us back up, you already know how to do it on the app. Hit that microphone. That's right. (laughs) And hit record. So, Coach, we'll go into a couple of emails. I have been saving them up for you. And I am so excited to get some of these out. So this email is coming from... Hubert uh, Miazza in Jackson, he says, I have a 2004 Lincoln Town Car. Now, on cold days, the sound system, that's the AM FM CD tape player, works perfectly. He still has a tape player, FYI. On warmer days, the sound system produces static and high-pitched piercing noises. Any ideas?
0: Well, once again, if you think about a radio, it has an antenna, and if the antenna you know, it changes with the weather due to expansion and contraction because it's metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have an older model vehicle that the radio, internal part of the radio could be going bad. Uh, because I'll give you an example. I have the same thing, but it's just the opposite. On uh, cold days, moist days, <laughs> and when it's high humidity, Yeah, the radio will not play What? but on... Warm days where oh, it's ready. It's, uh, it- it's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so and what it was, I found out what it was. It was the humidity affecting this particular. Wow, you know, there's probably a loose um, contact on the board. So that's what you yeah, I'd look for. I look for that antenna, and then uh make sure that that may be not the problem because a lot of times our vehicle. um You'll hear the staticky noise and all that comes from your alternator as well, Uh and they put resistors in the alternator for that, but that don't usually happen on and off. That usually happens all the time.
1: Okay. Okay. What year was yours? Um, No, mine was in
0: my toolbox. Mine was a stationary radio that was made into my toolbox. Oh, okay, The same thing. Oh. It's a a car radio inside the toolbox. I was
1: thinking maybe, well, I don't, I've never had that issue with any of my older vehicles because I have had older vehicles that were older than his 2004 Lincoln Town car. But I was wondering possibly maybe because it's an older radio.
0: Well, that's uh, the diodes or the little transistors in there. Yeah. But once again, the metal in the radio, same thing with the antenna, is contracting and expanding, and it may lose connection a little bit. Okay. And that may be
1: causing the problem. Okay. Well, Hubert, I hope that helps. We at least know what's causing the problem. right? So possibly if he switches it out and puts a whole new radio in there, he uh, that might not That would probably
0: be the... Uh, the way to go to it because like I say you can find those at uh, different salvage yards Okay, and you can and they're pretty reasonable the older
1: radios are pretty reasonable okay to get all right all right well that'll work I hope that helps Hubert just get a new radio. You don't have to get a new car. Just a just new radio. Just get a new radio. Okay, so we'll go to another shorty. I've got some long ones, and then I've got some short ones. So this one um, is coming from an anonymous, we'll say that, and they have a 96 four-runner six-cylinder. They can smell gas when they crank it, and sometimes at idle or low speed they can still smell gas. Where should they start looking well, the EVAMP
0: systems on a lot of vehicles, they'll start leaking a little bit, and you will smell that gas. It may be a small crack in the EVAMP system mm-hmm. and or the EVAMP line, and really the EVAMP system is a charcoal canister that absorbs the vapors. Okay. And if it's leaking just a little bit where you can't even see it, you will smell that gas. Okay. So I would check the EVAMP system, make sure that uh, there's not a crack in it, and, you can smell and the gas is leaking out there, because like I say, it's coming in the car where you can smell it, and usually it's the EVAMP system starts in the front of the vehicle and goes all the way to the tank.
1: Okay. If I smell gas, I'm coming up out of there. <laughs> I hear that. That It makes me a little sick. I know some people like, oh, I love the smell of gas. I do not like the smell of gas nor exhaust. So if I smell it, uh, I I will step away. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because you start smelling it, it's going to get you sick because you can't smell too much of it.
1: (laughs) I will step away. It will make my stomach sick. Okay. Before we head into our break, here's another question. This one is coming from Renard Dixon. Renard has a question. He says, good morning. I have a 2016 Altima that the airbag light came on about six months ago and hasn't went off. What are your thoughts on a repair? And I think you've you've repaired a few of these on air already.
0: Yeah, these airbag lights, they come on and they will not go off until they are repaired. And most likely, if you have children or if you're just driving and you stick things in the floorboard and it gets caught up under the seat, there are airbag sensors under the seats and most of the time those wires get touched. I was about to
1: say, there's so many airbag lights that will not go off.
0: Yeah, most of the time it's those airbag lights, uh, the sensors under the seats that something has hit the wire.
1: It could be just a loose wire under there. Yeah. But that's most of the time it's going to be a seat airbag. It's something that you've got going on inside of there that's got that airbag light popping on. Right. I've never seen mine. That's why I was always like, what is going on? We always get the airbag light has not gone off.
0: Well, you can put a scan tool on it and on a lot of vehicles today it will direct you to where that uh sensor is okay and it will tell you which uh, airbag sensor may be bad okay now just because it says that that particular sensor you need to check the wiring first because what happens people just start replacing the sensors
1: and It's really just a connector or something. Get you an A, B, C check before you switch out with D. That's right. (laughs) That's a good tip. Don't
0: throw money at the car unnecessarily. That's what you said
1: last week, Coach. Don't throw money at the car unnecessarily. Well, if you've got a question, you can send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. And today, we're answering your emails and talk to us voice messages. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to Autocorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more Autocorrect, you can find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPP Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. And here are some recent recalls. Ford has recalled over 870,000. They might as well just say one million, Coach. That is one million, Coach. F150 pickup trucks, for the parking brake issue, for a parking brake issue. So this affects vehicle models, including 2021 to 2023 F-150s equipped with a single exhaust system. These vehicles may experience an unexpected activation of the electric parking brake while driving if the brake's wiring is damaged. The issue may be caused by contact between the rear axle wiring harness bundle and rear axle housing, which could cause the tape and circuit insulation of the wiring harness assembly To Wear and expose the wiring Sudden activation of the electric Parking brake could result In a loss of control increasing The risk of a crash So to resolve the issue dealers will Install a protective tie strap And tape wrap Coach you're going to have to tell me That that sounds like two band-aids And replace the harness as necessary For free Ford will begin notifying owners September 11th but those with further questions Can contact the automaker Coach uh, (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> what is a tie strap and a tape
0: wrap? <laughs> well, most people call them zip ties. No. <laughs> most people call them zip ties. No. Yeah. And what they're doing, they're just moving the wire out of the way, and they're uh, putting uh, insulated tape on it and tying it up with a zip tie. Huh?
1: <laughs> is there a better way of doing this? No? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's according to where it's located, but you know... Uh, I had to give you a story real quick. Okay. My uh, sister called me from Texas uh, this last week. Yeah. And her son in law wrecked the car, and she wrecked. He wrecked the car, and he went and bought a bumper, and he had somebody ooh, put it ooh, together ooh. for a hundred dollars. Oh no! And my sister was arguing with the son in law that he put the entire bumper on with, with zip, zip ties, ties. The entire bumper. And he was driving around. The radiator was with zip ties and it was shaking and it was, and my sister wanted to know, do I? use zip ties to hold bumpers and all together. <laughs> I said, the only time I'm going to use a zip tie is when I am putting it together so I can get it to the house Just or to, to the shop yeah, to quick, fix it. A little quick. Sure. And because she, because she was very upset about this situation, him using zip ties and her daughter driving around in this car. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't put a zip tie, you know, they're it's according to where they're putting that zip tie because there are zip ties in the vehicle holding wiring harnesses okay. anyway. Okay. Okay. You know, so it's just. Okay, it that just, makes me swallow it it's a little bit. Uh, it's just uh, hilarious that they said they're going to put a zip tie on. Maybe,
1: maybe it's high quality zip ties. Could be. <laughs> I mean, it's high quality Ford, man, the Ford maker zip ties. Well, you know, that's
0: the best selling truck in the country is Ford. And now they got to recall 800,000.
1: <sighs> yeah. A whole million of them, and then they're about to zip tie them all, we'll we'll say protective tie strap and tape wrap. I ain't going to keep calling Uh, it a zip tie, but they're going to do it for free. uh, So either it's free or $100, one and (laughs) a half.
0: It's going to take you a couple hours or three, four hours waiting on the vehicle to get done. Right.
1: Right. right. Okay. Well, here's some more Ford recall. Here's another Ford recall. <laughs> 38,700 Ford Escape SUVs, Super Duty trucks recalled for an operable instrument panel. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's the whole little thing that you see in front of you, y'all. Yeah, the cluster. Yeah, the whole cluster. Um they are recalling this then this it includes effective uh effective vehicles include model year 2023 Escapes and Super Duty F-250s, F-3, F-350s, excuse me, F-450s and F-550 pickup trucks equipped with a digital instrument panel cluster. The panel cluster is responsible for displaying important information, including the speedometer warning lights and messages. The joints of the cluster modules may have been improperly soldered during production, which could prevent the cluster from illuminating, and incre- increasing the risk of a crash. So you can't see it. It's just... Must be black. Dealers will replace the cluster module or instrument panel as necessary for free. They will begin notifying owners August 14th. But those with further questions can contact the automaker. Oh, come on, Ford. Come on, Ford. They're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. Look, if you want to know more about recalls and if you want to find um if your car has a recall, you can find out by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website. That's NHTSA.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. Or you can find their Safer Car app. We're answering your emails and talk to us voice messages today. And we're also taking well, we'll take, we'll take your email repair questions. Our email address is auto at org. So if you ever want to contact us, once again, you can email us or you can use the talk to us feature on the MPB app. Okay, coach, I've got a little bit of a lengthy email on this one. I'll read it slow. This is coming from Beverly Shelton. She says, I have a 2006 Lincoln Navigator. I bought it six years ago from one owner that had taken excellent care of it. I keep good tires and make sure the battery is good and change the oil on schedule. A few months ago, it started running a bit rough and backfiring some. I took it to local to a local reliable mechanic. It was time for the tune-up, the one that cost around $700, where they change whatever it is they change. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Smart plugs, points, whatever cars have now, I was okay with that. I had done no other maintenance since I bought the car. The only trouble, though, is I was having about the same time um, was the check engine light, which was never on. The message said check fuel cap. I did. Made sure it was on. It kept staying on. I bought a new fuel cap. It still gives me the same message. The car has started running rough now. Feels like the tires are bad or it's running on washboards. It'll do this for just a few miles and then stop. Everyone mechanic and local auto auto parts owners say check fuel cap um, will not affect engine performance, but something is going on, and for a while it was not happening often enough to be overly concerned, but now it 's happening every single trip. plus an additional warning is happening: the check engine light starts flashing when running rough. And occasionally the air conditioner will blow warm air. Check engine light stops flashing. AC goes back cold. She's just got a lot of issues. It's like a snowball effect. Um, It will run smooth for a while. A flashing check engine light worries me. Drivers Ed years ago said that was indicating something serious. No one can tell me what is wrong. I told you about the tune-up. So you would not say it was time to change all those components. Are these separate issues happening at the same time or are they related no matter the car is not running right thanks for any help
0: well i read that email and I, I thought about it you at the end you put so i wouldn't tell you to go change all those parts again well no if the vehicle is flashing if that check engine light is flashing that means that the vehicle is not running correct It means there is a a cylinder could be misfiring, even though they change the spark plugs, even though they change the coils, if it has coils, or a spark plug, they need to put it back on the scan tool, see which cylinder is misfiring. Okay. And the reason your air conditioner cut off, because the vehicle didn't have enough power with the air conditioner on. And so what it does, it cuts the power off to the air conditioning, and then when it smooths out it cuts it back on. Okay. But what you should do, get somebody to put a scan tool on it and see exactly which cylinder is misfiring. <clears throat> because once you start flashing, that means that you're pouring raw fuel down the catalytic converter and you can hurt the catalytic converter as well, damage it as well. Okay. Now, your uh, other one with the gas cap, that's that's called the EVAMP system. You have an EVAMP system, and the, what it does, it holds the fumes from the engine from uh-huh, the gas. Uh-huh. And what happens, you have lines that are on top of the gas tank. You have lines that go all the way to the front of the vehicle. Most likely, one of those lines are bad. Okay. And what they could do is put a pressure test on the tank because what it does is a vacuum test. Okay. And they can run a vacuum test and see how quick the vacuum disappears. And then you'll know if you have a leak in one of those lines or a tank and where to look. Because a lot of people go out there and just change uh, fuel caps. Mm -hmm. It's really not the fuel cap. You need to see what is next instead of the fuel cap. Okay. Because usually what it is is a line on top of the tank that is done, uh, since it's such an older vehicle, it could have oxidized and got small Mm -hmm. cracks in it. You want to check at that.
1: Scan tool will stop, hopefully, the snowball effect of what you like to say in the tip, throwing money at it. Right. And throwing parts at it. Right. You know, and especially when you're seeing this snowball effect, you know, from somebody like me who doesn't know, you know, how to fix a car or what's going on, when it starts doing all of that. I know I can't take it to an auto parts store and, and fix it myself. So that scan tool option sounds really good because it helps to pinpoint it, basically.
0: Yeah, a lot of times people say, well, the scan tool is going to tell you this, and they're going to say, well, you need a tune-up. Yeah, you got a tune-up, but could if something went wrong during that tune-up, could they put a wire on uh, where it uh, wasn't all the way on, or maybe they got the wire against the manifold, the exhaust manifold, and it burnt? Mm-hmm. You know, I had one just the other day on a pickup truck. Uh, the guy was going to replace the fuel pump. He was going to replace the uh, all types of things on that vehicle. And he said if I could look at it. And I said, yeah, I'll bring my scan tool. And it was doing the same thing. Number one cylinder was missing. Mm. That means it was misfiring. And what it was is that the support plug wire was laying against the exhaust manifold, had burnt the spark plug wire. He went and put a new set of spark plug wires on it runs great.
1: Right. Scan tool number one right. tip. And make sure they know how to read the scan tool. And get you a, a translator for the scan tool. As That's well. right. <laughs> Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're answering your emails and talk to us voice messages and what's in the news? Well... Historic Texas heat. This isn't even our heat, just, just historic Texas heat as well, is breaking cars in weird ways. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. And you know who I am? I'm just Jermaine Flood today. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, well, historic Texas heat is breaking cars in weird ways. It's breaking me here. The Mississippi heat is breaking me. (laughs) Ha ha! In weird ways. You need that air conditioner now. (laughs) You really, really do. Um, So it's saying now, Texas, of course, with a lot of us here in the South um, has, again, been hit by historic heat waves this summer. Um, Austin is currently undergoing its second longest stretch of 100 degree days ever recorded, while major cities such as El Paso and Fort Worth are also suffering through extended bouts of triple digit heat. We're right in there with them. Mechanics in Texas are now finding unusual ways that the hot weather has affected cars, including now broken wipers, scratching windshields and mushy. Brakes. Have you ever heard of mushy brakes, Coach?
0: Well, mushy brakes, it just sounds like to me it has air in the system.
1: Okay. Okay. That's you know,
0: usually what mushy brakes are.
1: They call right. them, they call it another name, spongy brakes. Spongy brakes. Okay. So they're saying technicians um in shops across Texas are coming across these. Um there's also uh Issues ranging from dead car batteries, which tend to fare badly in extreme heat to flat tires that result from pressure loss due to the weather. And lately, these issues have been accompanied by unforeseen problems as heat breaks down certain other com- compounds like the rubber and windshield wiper blades, which are subject to damage from highly reflective surfaces. Um, so it's just breaking down. It's it's a lot going on. So, coach, it's so hot.
0: Well, if you think about it, uh, as it says, windshield wipers, they oxidize and they get stuck to the windshield because there's no rain. You try to use them, they stick and they tear up. Uh, You know, you think about tires, they do you lose pressure and gain pressure constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think about uh, the batteries, batteries, they're, their problem is usually done in the summertime that's when their trouble is done and you don't usually find it out till the winter time but yeah that that will destroy it and now another thing that you can think of too is that 80% of a problem in a vehicle is the, is electronics yeah. so by electronics they this they disintegrate with heat right so you know that's usually what breaks them down is that a heat so being hot yeah you're going to have some different problems than you did uh on normal days.
1: Yeah. And then when it comes down to the brakes, so they're saying, like you were saying, the brake fluid uh, within the master cylinder is sitting under the hood cap and can trap moisture and the dangerously high heat in Texas may cause that moisture to expand. Mm-hmm. So I guess if it expands, you get moisture and air right, all lodged expands, in. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll uh, give you a good example this week. I was uh, in Oxford, Mississippi, and there was these two gentlemen working on their car. I was walking the dog and I saw two gentlemen working on their car. They're putting mm-hmm. brakes on it. And he didn't know where to put the jack, uh, the floor jack. So I stopped him, told him, I said, hey, this is where you need to put the floor jack so you could use the jack to jack up both wheels. And he goes, I said, well, what are you changing brakes for? And he told me, he says, well, it just feels a little different when I drive. And so I walked on around. I came back again. (laughs) And they said, well, all the brakes look good. I said, well, if the brakes look good and the rotors look good, what are you doing? He goes, well, they feel a little spongy once again, spongy means there's yeah. little air in the system yeah, yeah. because that air gets trapped. And usually you don't have air in the system unless you do have something going on with the brake system on the internal, you know, either past the master cylinder or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they got it all back together. And matter of fact, they just put parts on it. They said everything was good. And they were just going to replace the parts anyway because okay. they already bought them. Okay, okay. But okay. the good thing was that I was able to walk by and yeah. I was able to tell them that, <laughs> Put the floor jack where it needs to go so you don't destroy the vehicle.
1: Coach, you're the automotive Superman.
0: Well, thank you. I don't know if I'm Superman. I know there's a lot of others out there a lot smarter than I am.
1: If you weren't walking by, they wouldn't have had a hero help them.
0: Oh, that's true. We had to get it together.
1: You do. You get it together, Coach. And they they probably thanked you so much for that. Oh, yeah. They were able to pick up both
0: tires at the same time and right. they had one worked in the front, one was working in the back right. and they put Jack's 10
1: where they needed to go. Alright, come on coach with the save. Right in the clutch. I'll include a link to this story in the show's podcast description and today though, we're answering your emails and talk to us voice messages. You can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org and you can leave your talk to us voice message on the MPB public media app. Right now, we're going to go to our next Talk to us voice message. This is coming from David Greenwood, coach. He had a hydrogen powered vehicle question. Hit that for me, Abram. Good morning. I was calling to ask why automakers are not more
0: interested in the development of hydrogen powered vehicles. I think, in light of our power grid, a lithium shortage, and lithium fires, this might be a better way to go. Please comment. Thank you. Well, I was thinking there's all types of ways for alternative fuels. If you're looking for green fuels, you're looking for renewable fuels, there are ways and your uh, hydrogen is one of those. Uh, I'm thinking because, you know, there have been some prototypes out there. I know that Honda had some out there, Ford had some out there, Toyota, Mm -hmm. prototypes of hydrogen vehicles. But to mass produce them, you know, hydrogen's under a lot of pressure. You know, the tank is just like natural gas, that it's under a lot of pressure okay. in order to hold the, the fuel source. And so that may be a dangerous, a combo. dangerous combo at the moment. And <clears throat> if you think about the way we're going in our uh, vehicles, the way they're trying to change it, is that our administration wants to go all green and I just don't think it's going to be able to do that at the moment. Okay, you know. And he did talk about the power grid and stuff like that. You know, the power grid is not up to that at the moment. Mm-hmm. And hydrogen would be a better choice. Mm-hmm. You know, solar is not out there. The sun's not going to keep your car going for 500 miles down the road. Right. So by us not having some of those things, I think we do need to move to another source. Uh, like hydrogen, because once again, it's an internal combustion engine that they'll use. And so when you start thinking about which way to go, it's going to be your choice. And then the manufacturer, there's probably so many uh, rules with manufacturing right now that they just can't, it's not uh, feasible for uh, financial reasons as well. Right,
1: right. (laughs) So I was just thinking, we'd have to use the hydrogen powered vehicles in the winter. When the grid is not being stressed to the max.
0: That's electric. Yeah, that's true. We use the hydrogen in the
1: winter. And then if they could invent solar powered, we would be
0: there in the summer. Yeah, but that solar powered vehicle ain't going to go fast enough. (laughs) It's going to go real slow, Coach. Those Mississippi guys like to push on the pedal. (laughs) (laughs)
1: slow why coach why would they run slow
0: because it takes a lot of power so just think about how much power it would take to charge that battery yeah with the sun it's yeah. not it's not a 20 minute charge yeah it's hours charging okay you know in order to uh get enough power and what are you gonna do the whole car now they have made some ways matter of fact a Mercedes has a um, vehicle out there that the air conditioner comes on while you're not in the vehicle mm-hmm and what it does it cools it off. Come
1: on now, but AC. But the
0: whole uh top of the sunroof is solar.
1: Oh. So okay. that's where it gets
0: its power, that's how it keeps that battery charged. The okay. whole top of the sunroof is solar. Okay. So but it's only
1: running a I want one. air conditioner. Well I just want the run I want the air conditioner to run. So you want it running before you get <laughs> in it. <laughs> I don't care what car it is. If the AC's running before I get in it, that's the car for me. Hey, just go to the door and push the button
0: uh, and crank
1: it up. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> no, I know. That's <laughs> not fair. I will, I will upgrade one day. I will be there. Um, well, David in, uh, David Greenwood, I hope that helps your question about the hydrogen powered vehicles. That was a good answer though, coach. You've been thinking about that for a second, I think. <laughs> If you, you sit around and think about new ways. Well, I think
0: about new ways sometime, how we're going to have the power, or how, what's going to work and what's not going to work. You know, manufacturers and and the government regulations Those are what runs the vehicle, yeah. and those are what runs the power we're going to use is the regulations. Right, right,
1: right, 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 right. Well, at least you're an inventor. That's right, Coach. Okay, we're going to head to another email, Coach. This is coming from Steve. He says he recently bought a 1995 Jeep Wrangler. He repaired a fuel leak from the rear of the vehicle. He took it out to make sure everything was working properly, and then the clutch started slipping. In fourth gear, his RPMs would shoot up, and it gave—if uh, it gave—if he gave it gas, and then in the same in third gear, got back to the house, and the clutch fluid reservoir was drive, uh dry. He hasn't checked it since he bought it. Does he need a new clutch, or is there also a leak that he needs to track down? What do you think? Well, once again, the reservoir just
0: like a brake reservoir, and you put fluid in it. It runs off brake fluid. Both of them do. If it's dry, it went somewhere. Mm-hmm. If it didn't, so that means it had to be, the space had to be taken up by the flood or you have a leak somewhere. Okay. Now, the clutch is not very, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to lose that much pedal at a clutch. Either it's going to engage or, or it's going to disengage or it's going
1: to slip. Okay. What is a slipping, you know, I drove a stick shift. What does a slipping clutch feel like?
0: Well, just like he said in third and fourth gear that the RPMs go up real high. Got it. And so the RPMs go up and the vehicle don't move. Yeah. <laughs> it don't pick up that's speed. That's a slip clutch. That's a slipping clutch. Okay. So what I would do on that one there, I would look and make sure I don't have a leak going to the clutch itself. Now, that cause the clutch slave cylinder could be leaking at the transmission. Okay. And that's usually where they leak, right? At the transmission, the boot on front of the, where the rod comes out. Mm-hmm. So I would check that because most likely that's your problem.
1: Okay. Uh, a leaky slave cylinder. Leaky cylinder now. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, Steve, I hope that helps. Um, You already know today, though, we're answering your emails and talk to us voice messages to help steer you in the right direction. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and coaches Tip of the Week. This is Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week we're driving the 2023 Mercedes-Benz GLE 450. It's the E-Class of Mercedes crossovers, putting it right between the smaller GLC and the larger GLS. And I really like this vehicle. I like the size of it. It's a nice mid-size package. It's two rows of seats. You can get it with three rows of seats. And it's just, I like the outside of it. It looks really sporty. It's got some swagger. The fenders are beefy with 21-inch wheels. Inside, twin-screening arrangement like the S-Class, heated and ventilated front seats, heated rear seats. You've got wireless CarPlay, wireless Android Auto, and a Broadmaster audio system. Under the hood, a turbocharged inline six-cylinder engine generating 375 horsepower. It's got a light hybrid system, too, so fuel economy is really decent. 19 miles per gallon the city, 26 highway. It'll run 0-60 in 5.3 seconds, so it's also quick. Let's talk about price. This one, all in, fully equipped, $69,500. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is Autocorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton. Hey, he's just an ASC certified master technician and automotive superhero. It's time for Coach Charlie's tip of the week.
0: You know, as going through all these different things, you don't know, say the heat's out there and we're talking about our vehicles tearing up uh, prematurely. You need to stay on top of it doing preventive maintenance. You need to make sure you check that tire pressure daily or weekly. Make sure you check that oil. Make sure you, hey, if it hasn't rained in a while, you need to take and pull those wiper blades and check when may need to replace them. So just keep a keep a good check on the maintenance and
1: you'll be okay. You'll be all right. And put it on a scan tool. (laughs) Use a scan tool. Yes. (laughs) Make sure you use a scan tool. Okay, Coach, we're going to go into a few more emails. This one is coming from T. Coleman. And they say, I have a 2017 Yaris. It gets about 34 miles per gallon, give or take. I get a one hour break when I go to lunch and I sit in it at idle. So how do I calculate how much gas it's using? How many miles gauge is still deducting the miles? And is it bad to let a vehicle just idle like that? Thank you.
0: Okay, you use more fuel at idle. Regardless if it's a diesel or if it's gasoline, you're going to use more fuel at idle. It just sits there and it's just burning fuel.
1: Wow, without you even pushing on the gas. Without you
0: pushing on the gas and you're going to lose... If you're going to sit in for an hour at a time, well, the only way you're going to know how much gas mileage you're getting, you're going to fill the tank up, you're going to drive it, ever how far you're going to drive it, see how far you got on that tank of gas, and then you're going to fill it up again and now you're going to go to it for that each hour that you do and drive the same amount of hour uh, miles right and then you'll see your gas mileage okay that will destroy cuz you'll notice how much gas you're losing by just sitting there idling matter of fact they don't even let diesels or uh, vehicles even idle anymore 3 minutes tops and then what happens it messes up the catalytic converter really yeah after a long period especially diesels
1: Okay, okay, okay. And when you say they won't let it, are you meeting the manufacturer or the driver themselves? Uh, A lot of the schools, uh,
0: a lot of the regulations now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I did read that. You're not supposed to, let's just say, get out your car at the gas station, right? Even though you know it's safe, you can run in, let your car idle. That is not supposed to be well happening, right. somebody steal that car so, in mine in my vehicle i have a remote right well you know remote not remote start but my key is remote key fob. yeah the key fob so if i take it out i've never tried it though i've always wanted to know not to say please do not come steal my car anybody please <laughs> but i really wanted to know like because i've never tested it can somebody drive a little bit away in it without the key fob on them because i'll Pull my key fob out and walk into the gas station with it. They
0: can drive the vehicle, but once it dies, they can't crank it back up. What? And then after a while, if, without the key fob, it's going to detect it, and it'll kill the
1: vehicle. But they can get it from point A to point B. Oh my gosh! I did not know that, Coach.
0: My wife, I don't usually carry the key fob to her car, but she always has it in her purse, and she gets out and the the automatically on the screen says boop, 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 no, boop, boop, cannot detect key. Yeah, and so I had to go park it somewhere oh. as quick as possible because what's going to happen? The window it will not lock if uh, at all. So when I shut the door, it stays unlocked. You know, but I couldn't crank it back up.
1: If I was an emoji, I'd be the mind blowing right now because you've actually tested this yourself. Yeah, no, I don't. It didn't
0: test it on purpose. I know. My wife has the key. I know. I
1: know. Okay. Well, then that tells me don't do that, Jermaine.
0: So once again, if you think (laughs) about, and that's how you can check your mileage on that particular vehicle. You just got to make sure that. You go the exact same amount of miles and how much gas you put in it.
1: Okay. And I like people who want to get all the way ticky about their mileage. That's so nice. Like I was telling you, Coach, I... I barely even look at the gas going up, and you just told me that the gas went up. (laughs) 40 cents a gallon. 40 cents a gallon. So it's so nice when people are really like, how much mileage am I getting? What am I getting? But I would be interested, too, because the Yaris was billed as one of those in the beginning that were going to get you a lot of mileage. So that's probably why T is, is interested in how much mileage they're getting. And
0: now all vehicles get that mileage or more now. That 34. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a nice sweet spot for me. I like that. That's right. I don't know none about those seventeens to hey, twenties.
0: <laughs> well, uh,
1: but those thirty twos to thirty fours. Let's
0: even go back to the eight mile a gallon vehicles. Those trucks the, with the big engines on, yeah. getting eight and ten miles a gallon.
1: My brother, be less. My brother drives a Hummer. H2 with the pickup. Right. And I don't ask him, but I think he only gets around the same. I say, don't get much. It's like 10, 11. That's right. That would hurt my soul. Well, can you
0: imagine, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this next week about modifying your vehicles. Mm-hmm. These vehicles that have these big tires on them, they're way up, jacked up in the air, mm-hmm. and they still have these 5.3 liter engine and didn't do anything to it. That's gas.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of gas. They, lot of gas. They're eating up. That's right. Ooh, I couldn't do it. My, my soul. Just too much gas. Okay. Coach, here's another email. Battery went down, replaced it. Car cranks, but electronics don't and transmission seems stuck. Can't get it out of park. Please help me.
0: (laughs) Well, that's another thing a lot of people don't know. On these newer vehicles, um, if you change the battery, it loses the memory. And now the memory has to be reset, and you can reset it in the vehicle. There, uh, is, a, okay. there is a way in the owner's mm. manual to tell you how to reset so the electronics mm. come back on. I know I had that problem with Toyota. One time I had a vehicle. I put a new battery in it, and all, everything on the dash didn't work correctly. Yeah. I said, oh, why did I do this vehicle? I had to do some research. I had to call somebody on the phone to talk about it, and we just had to reset it.
1: Yeah. These new cars, you can't just take your battery out and put it in and think everything's just going to pop back on.
0: Well, that's why you need a battery battery saver. Okay. Okay. And a little battery saver, is, it costs like $15, $25. And it right. it's a little 9 volt battery. Right. Like you put in your uh, cell phone, not cell phones, but you put in your little remote controls. And what it does, you just got to know where to hook it, what PowerPoint to hook it into, okay. where it'll save the battery when you disconnect it. Okay. Save all your memory.
1: Okay, okay. Well, now these new cars, they you know, there's a little bit of extra that you got to do. So um, I hope that helps. That was coming from Calvin Williams. So, Calvin, I hope that that answer helps you a little bit. It helped me. I mean, who knew? I mean, when you're driving old cars and then you switch over to something new, you think everything is the same, but it's not.
0: Well, you don't have all the electronics. The old cars, you can just get in there and you turn the key, got some gas, check the oil, coolant, you're ready to go. But the new vehicles, it's all electronic. You know, you get in it, the seat moves to where you want it to be, mm-hmm. already set, that mm-hmm. everything comes on. You yeah. Know,
1: so. so you got a little computer on your hands right. and a vehicle. Okay. We're going to move into our next email, Coach. Um, and yeah. I was about to say, this sounds like the same one, but it, it is. <laughs> Here's the next email, though. Is there a best time of year to buy a car?
0: Well, we always say, you think about when the new year starts, all vehicles become new in September. The next year comes the new vehicle. No matter what, if you're in two thousand twenty three, September, the twenty fours will be out. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what they say. The twenty fours will come out in September even though you're still in uh two thousand twenty three. And there are some people now that the some manufacturers that bring in their New cars out even earlier. Okay. Because they just changed the models. But you'd always want to take when the year end clearance, you know, the year ends about up, they got to make their quota. Mm -hmm. That's the best time. To buy. Yeah, I wouldn't buy one at Christmas because everybody's buying a car at Christmas. Right. And, you know, they're going to jack the price up. Right. You know, it just amazes me. I'm watching commercials on TV, and it says now you can get $6,500 off the MSR price. So MSR, so that's the manufacturer's mm-hmm. suggested retail price. Well, remember, we were paying five and $6,000 over MSR just several months ago. Yeah. Now they're going to say you can get six six five hundred off of it. So you just got to know. What, you just do your research right. and find out how much that vehicle really cost right. and how much you know. Because like I say. You, you can find deals all over the t- place, but just do your research and make sure.
1: So tell them one more time, Coach, what's the best time of year to buy a car?
0: <laughs> After you do your research, I would say the end of the year uh, when the new before the new models before come out. Before the new
1: models drop. All right, Craig uh, Newbold, I hope that helps. All right, Coach, here's another email. Does premium gas get proportionally more gas mileage, or does it just cost more? And are there certain times to use it versus... I guess, unleaded?
0: Well, a lot of manufacturers of the sports cars or high-performance cars ask you to use 91 octane or 93 octane. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just the octane is different. You know, you have different octane ratings for the gas you get, and the lowest is 87. Right. Most people use 87. And what that does, just say that you're driving up a hill and the vehicle starts pinging a little bit uh, where it's not... You know, you can feel it losing a little bit of power. Mm-hmm. That premium gas will make it run better, and that premium gas should give you a little bit more gas mileage. But today's vehicles have knock sensors in them that control the timing and control that knocking. So I hate to tell you that my wife had a Mercedes for years and years and years, and I never put
1: premium gas in it. <laughs> <laughs> and never had a better problem with it. And of never them. had a problem with it. Right. So. You might not just need it.
0: Most, uh, if you don't need it for the octane, that extra money that you're putting in gas. Ain't
1: doing none. It's going right out the tailpipe. It's the same way. That's right. In the the same speed. That's right.
0: (laughs) You know, some circumstances, it will get you better gas mileage, but you may not even notice it. A lot of times it's just going out the exhaust if you don't need it.
1: Right, right, right. Coach, I want to just uh, side note, you. we were talking about uh, money that has been lost for EV purchases. Talk a little bit about that before we get out of here. Well, you
0: know, if you think about it, if you go back to the EVs, uh, you know, we got to push on EVs right now. Ford has lost $4 billion this year uh, on EVs. Uh. People are not buying them, but they've made money on their gasoline line. And The one that was talking about this said other line, not
1: gas. Okay. That's what it was. All right. Well, there's the story of EVs. That'll wrap us up today for Autocorrect. Our crew engineer is Abram Nanny. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.